All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! This show show explores television content that's been available for consumption for quite some time. If a spoiler or two slips into the conversation, well, you were warned. Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. So what do you want to start with? We, I mean, we've got two shows that, that have some tremendous similarities thematically and then also none. <laughs> I, think, I think we start with the more serious and then we get into the okay, I think that makes sense. later. Uh, yeah, so I just I just finished watching the pilot of The Americans. This is a show that you've been talking about for like a little while, I guess. Yeah, probably a month to two months, maybe. Right, yeah, I've been on it. It is a little bit more dour than I expected. Like, there's not oh, a okay. lot, not a lot of laughs in the pilot. No, but that was a good hour of television. Is it? Wasn't it amazing? Didn't <laughs> yeah. it hook you in? It did. Do yeah. you think you're gonna watch it? Yeah, I have to see what happens. Nice. Next. Yeah, I'm halfway through the second season right now, and it's like it's killer television. You, yeah. Like, Jen and I, every night, it's like, all right, we watching The Americans? Let's do it. First question, and maybe I just missed something, sure. but when the hell does it take place? It takes place in the early 80s, like Reagan, oh. Reagan-era America. Okay, see, and I guess that makes sense where, like, the Russians are, like, really feuding with the Americans or whatever, but... Yeah. I guess I guess the world that they created just doesn't look enough like the 80s to me. Like it didn't occur to me that it wasn't modern day until okay. they went a flashback to the 60s and I was like, "No, we can't be in, right. in modern day." Yeah. No, it's a uh, and I don't know if I noticed that at all in the first. I think I noticed it just because of the music and stuff that they were choosing. I guess. Um Phil Collins. Phil Collins. It's a little April wine in there. Did you hear that? No, I didn't notice. Really? No. Oh, when he dresses up as the uh as the like handyman or whatever with the handlebar mustache. And he goes and he kicks the shit out of the yeah. guy. Yeah. That was such a good moment. Wasn't that sweet? Well, and I, earlier in the show, you realize that he wants to beat the shit out. of. So Phil, who's one of the Russian spies, uh, is at the mall with his daughter and some like 20 something year old, maybe 30 something year old, like perv Guzbag. says something to, to the daughter about like how hot she is. Well, the, Phil, the dad, is standing there. And that guy's also on a date with another 13-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, hey, you want to come party with us? Yeah. So he was like, so obviously a disgusting pig. And it's kind of strange at that point because, like, Philip just calms down and says, like, okay, whatever. This is, uh, I'll let it, I'll let it go. He says to his daughter, it's, it's no use getting in a fight over these things. Right. Yeah. And then later, like, beats him with the tire iron. <laughs> he stabs him with the... With the steak fork. Yeah. He like he impales him to the ground with the in his hand, but then he says right. no more little girls or right. I'll come back and I'll stick this through your heart or something. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. So like that was that was a really cool moment. And as soon as I saw him again, I didn't expect to see that guy a second time. Right. As soon as they showed him again, I was like, Oh fuck, is he gonna be a regular in this show? Right. And then it seems to me he's probably not. No, right? it's just like a satisfying like glimpse of what philip is like as a father and also combat artists well a martial artist martial artist yeah Yeah. um he it also it 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 serves a a really good purpose in the pilot because you are supposed to feel really really conflicted about the the honor of these characters i mean Mm. you're supposed to be on the same side as your protagonists but I mean, it's an American show, yeah. and they're saying an awful lot of anti-American stuff. Like, that's risky in and of itself. Yeah. But also, like, it's unclear how much they actually love each other. Mm-hmm. Um, 
much less their kids. So that he shows like real honor in that moment makes you initially right. side with the Russians. But that's a big theme in the show. Like, yes, they they love their kids, but there's a whole thing about how they're not necessarily they were. It was like a forced marriage, really, through the KGB. Yeah, for them to get together. So the show, in a big way, and the Joe Weiss, the creator of it said that the show is more about marriage. And Joe Weiss is a former CIA agent. Cool. Yeah, and he, like, created the show. So every script that he writes has to be approved by the CIA. So, like, in order not to make the CIA look bad? Yeah, Because well, it could be considered, like, treasonous or something? Well, I think they want to make sure that nothing is too close to something that was actually worked on by the CIA. Right. So they're not... You know, it comes from more of a creative place than a "this actually happened" kind of place. Well, that's fair. That gives that gives some uh, uh, authenticity to to the creation of the show. I yeah. read I read today that it was initially inspired when in 2010. Yes. In 2010, there was this big revelation that there was all of these uh, Russian sleeper cell agents, like yeah. just living regular lives in the states, and then they had to, uh, in order to to get rid of them, they had to trade back a bunch of Rus- Russian prisoners or something. Yeah, they big they've, thing that happened only six years ago. So they were basically living probably normal lives by then because it was, I think they were like done their work. Mm. Like they had been there for so many years. They had kids and... And friends and careers and nobody else in their lives knew <laughs> exactly. that they were not technically American citizens. Yeah. It's fucked. It's actually like the show. And and the show, the creator says it's it's very much about marriage. And it's funny how much they actually do focus on marriage and the kids. But, like, so it, it's mainly, like, a, a family drama, but with sides of, like, crazy action. And it, it's basically like watching a mini movie every week. It's awesome. Well, and, I mean, it, the first episode is, like, an hour and ten minutes. Like, it's, it's really got a lot going on in it. And it starts out and you're already in the middle of a huge action sequence. Yeah. That's something I really like when... When a movie or a TV series starts and something has already happened, right? This is a um, a technique that I know Aaron Sorkin employs an awful lot, where like you start a scene and there's the conversation's already half over, yeah, and that kind of creates this want in the viewer to catch up, right? Um, as long as it's not alienating, which I, I didn't find it to be in this case, but you recognize that FBI agent and then he moves in, and I was like, okay, the series just started now, right? I mean, it's kind of not unlike Walter White versus Hank, right? Like sure. he's got this guy nearby and they're suspicious of each other, yeah. But uh, I like that guy. Yeah. I, I mean, he's definitely on to them immediately. Yeah, so not much of a spoiler, but I'm into the second season now. And I think it's it's something that lasts for like the first kind of two episodes. Okay. And then they kind of become like close family friends. Well, I mean, it happens in the, it's the last few moments of the of the pilot episode. He comes in to check the trunk. Yeah finds nothing yeah because like there was this other sequence with his wife the fbi agent's wife was basically telling him you're being paranoid you need to cool your jets right and so he had to check the trunk just to be sure right just be sure there wasn't a body in it right tools in it because earlier in the episode they had a body and tools (laughs) right but then they show phil in the dark sitting there ready to kill they were ready to pop off the fbi agent if he had to yep i didn't see that coming yeah the whole i mean I don't know if we should describe the synopsis of the episode. Should no, do I don't, I don't want to give too, too much. But I mean, the premise of the show is basically they're, they're trying to infiltrate America as, mm-hmm. as, as Russian spies, but they are completely in it. Like my favorite, my favorite line, I think the one that really made me chuckle was 
a flashback, I guess it was in the 60s, and Carrie Russell's character, Elizabeth, she was in some kind of like training with her captain and she was like being trained to be an authentic American. Sure. And she says, I have it written down. She says, um, I am sorry, Captain. And he says, the contraction is, I'm sorry, Captain. Right. And like, you don't even think about that normally. Sure. But like that was part of her having to learn to be as authentic as possible. It reminded me uh, of, did you see Argo? Yes. When they were pretending to be Canadians. Right. And they're saying Toronto with the T. Yeah. 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 Exactly. The pilot, honestly, is one of the best episodes I've seen so far. I loved it. Like it did, it did every job a pilot is supposed to do and hooking you. (laughs) But so few pilots do. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it was one of the strongest episodes and so much action and stuff too. You know that Carrie Hilson, Carrie Russell, Carrie Russell, (laughs) Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese, the two main characters on the show. They're together in real life? Yeah, they had a baby last month. Right. Yeah. I think they both had like separate things going on when the show started. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I think it was one of those kind of like, well, we're hooking up now. Probably because I was on her Wikipedia page earlier and her marriage only ended in 2013. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that was like when the series started, basically. (laughs) Well, they really got into their characters of having. (laughs) You gotta. Secret lives. Matthew Reese, Welsh. Did you know that? Is he? Yeah. So he doesn't, he's really, so he's faking. He's neither American nor Russian. He's faking an American accent over his fake Russian accent. He is. All to cover his Welsh accent. Yes. Good for him. And he's doing a tremendous job. Yeah. Uh, I meant to mention, oh yeah, the, uh, I was getting my hair cut today. I noticed that. By, uh, (laughs) thanks, by a Russian barber. Okay. And I brought up the... The show. I was like, "Have you ever? <laughs> did you happen to ever see this show?" And she's like, "Oh no, I've never seen it." The show that kind of makes you guys look like bad guys. Well, I was wondering, and she said it's kind of funny because when she was like, "I I don't know when how old she is in comparison to like when everything, when the Soviet Union fell," but she was saying that it was funny because there was a point in time where the history books completely like one eighty'd. Okay. So, like, even the movies and stuff, 180. So, the people who were bad guys, like, maybe the Americans and stuff in the past. Right. Are now, like, the heroes. And, like, so everything oh. flipped. She was like, it was so confusing. Like, history was different. The person who caused this wasn't necessarily a bad person Probably anymore. because their politicians were different. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, and their, their principles were different. Their yes. whole, like, life was, like, everything had to flip. Right. But that had to be really jarring for the morally mature students among them who were like noticing that like there's a discrepancy here yeah. in what we've been taught. I think so too. But but it's funny because in the show they both seem they're both so intelligent. Yes. And I wonder if that's the same same thing in real life. I'm sure it is. But they're like although America is great mm-hmm. and they really like it and they can get all these awesome possessions and capitalism they're kind of like benefiting from it. Um, yeah, the food's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> the electricity it's, stays it's on. Brighter here than we thought. They have air conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they're like, they're talking about these things, all of the benefits, and they're kind of having a, like some internal strife with, ah, uh, like, we're really enjoying these things. Yes. Yet we're supposed to not like capitalism. <laughs> we're supposed well, to be communists. And that's and that's the fear, I think, with a lot of these undercover people, and, and not just on... Um, like espionage level. Sure. I mean, on the police force, when they infiltrate drug rings, they are constantly watching these people to make sure they're not getting too in it. Right. Because like that can happen and yep. then they lose somebody yep. and they've got a guy on the inside on the other side now and that's really bad. Yeah. 
Does your friend the cop ever talk about undercover stuff? Yeah, he told me a story one time. I don't know enough to even like make it sound uh, like I know more than I should because I don't. Uh, but there was one guy who who was really like invested in in this this drug ring and like he he got really into it and like he insisted that he was always good. Right. But like after ten years or something crazy, they had to pull him out and they like kind of forced him into early retirement. Well, like, how can he was in it, like, and he was like, he he was sure he was about to like make a big breakthrough, and they were like, "No, nah, you can't be in here anymore. We don't. We're just not comfortable with it." Wow how do you, how do you let someone be an undercover agent for ten years? I I mean I don't know. Like if you, if he's if he is proving some kind of productivity and use, and I mean like. It, nothing quite like time to prove your your loyalty to a group of people, right? Right. Like if they see this yeah. guy, you know, Steve has been around for ten years. Yeah. You know, Steve's gold. I've known Steve for ten years. That's fair. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. But I mean, that's that's the long term investment. But how? Yeah, you're literally acting, probably living in a not quite as nice place. Well, I guess maybe if you're a drug dealer, you're kind of ritzing it up a bit. Sometimes you're you're selling drugs. Right. <laughs> you're really doing illegal stuff. Yeah. Under the guise of the law. Whoa. Strangest thing. He got in a bit too deep. Yeah, or like who's to say that that guy didn't like, you know, break someone's kneecaps with a lead pipe? And and then they forced him into retirement. So was he like, all right, guys, like uh, and they must have moved him. Like he must have. That's a good point because otherwise he there's a risk of him just like making it his retirement job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that and being like, hey guys, the drug dealing's been fun, but I'm just gonna like back away now. You guys go ahead and handle it. Yeah, I'm gonna move across town and live in this apartment. Right. But okay. I'm not gonna well, we're gonna what. have to kill you now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> we haven't heard from you for the last like three weeks. We were best friends for 10 years. Like I said, I don't remember enough about it, but like right. it is a real thing, like long-term cons. Yeah. Well, and actually such an interesting part of the show, I thought, especially in the early season, like the early parts of it was uh Beeman, the FBI agent, because he was a undercover KKK member. Wait a second. In the Americans? Yeah. He went, he went undercover with the KKK and like... They've done later episodes about that, you mean? No, uh, I think they mention it. Okay, I must have missed the, it. Or maybe it's... Yeah, I think it's early on in the in like the episode. Okay. Where he's talking with his partner about how he went undercover with the KKK. For, that would be so brutal. Can you imagine? Yes, I can. <laughs> I can. It just, like, and it would suck. And you'd have to be like... You'd have to go in there and be like, oh, I know, racist shit, right? Well, yeah, and, and just like how dangerous those people are constantly right. yeah they've just got like violent sensibilities yeah. about them you're so right yeah that would be crazy well i mean they've definitely had uh, we don't have any evidence to back this up i'm sure it's top secret but they've definitely had americans try to infiltrate isis and taliban regimes sure. like haven't they I haven't think. they had like middle eastern um americans go in and like yeah try i think and be on the got, inside i think they've got eyes everywhere and spies everywhere and so so should they yeah but how fucking uncomfortable for those guys Mm -hmm. and like how heroic of them right they've got like nerves of steel yeah well conversely that's kind of like you're you're kind of watching the americans saying like these guys are kind of heroes in their own right i know we're not supposed to believe in what they're fighting for and stuff but what they're doing is brave on their part well and just just the fact that 
um, Phil kind of wants to give it all up and become a full-fledged American. Right. And, and Elizabeth is like, no, I'm never turning my back on my country. And I'm so, so curious about what, what happens in the future. Like I saw, I saw the fourth season was like, it had like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, nice. And like, it has such a claim. Like every season was like, this season was met with like critical acclaim. This season was met with mass acclaim. This season was met with critical acclaim. I've learned to take it a little bit with a grain of salt though, because mm-hmm. Becky made me watch Pretty Little Liars with her. Right. Do you know about this? But you liked it, didn't you? Well, this is the thing. Like we were just, we were out of a show. I think we had just finished Lost. Right. I, it was my idea for her to watch Lost, sure. which I had seen and I was, I was due to watch it again. So we watched all the way through it and I was like, okay, I guess it's your turn to pick a series. And wow. she's like, you'll like Pretty Little Liars. And I was like, <laughs> no. Right. And I mean, the first episode is dreadful. And then like, though you never quite shake the feeling of it's a shame I'm enjoying this, yeah. you are enjoying it in spite right. of yourself. And and some of it isn't that bad. Like the thing is, the premise of the show is good, but they just have to build it around all this fluffy teenager stuff right so that teenagers will enjoy the show right like you could just as easily incorporate some of those themes into the americans and it would work and it would have people watching it but you have to put it under the guise of girly shit right well i mean just like the premise of the show is these five girls are best friends one of them goes missing and a year after she's pronounced dead they start getting texts from her right so that's like a cool premise for a show yeah except it's so lame and they're the liars they're all liars. That's the thing. Like they never okay. tell anybody th- the truth at all, and this right. is why they're just like their their lie becomes this big web of lies. And right. anyway, how was I going to connect that to to the Americans? Like, well, you didn't think you were going to get into it. Good so, plug for Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> yeah, I <know. laughs> oh, I, I remember we were talking about Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, um, right. I, I watched this, and I have another buddy who got into a similar situation with Pretty Little Liars and his girlfriend. Sure. And he was like, dude. Just like try and enjoy it because it's not as bad as you think it is. And that's exactly what I discovered. And he says, honestly, and wait for season four because I'm excited to watch it too because it's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. And so we got there. And yeah, I mean, season four, respective to the other seasons, was brilliant. Right. But respective to all of television right. <laughs> is not Didn't a 100%. deserve the 100%. That's no. the thing. I think it's only the people that watch it that rate it. So you're not watching a show you don't like. That's true, except for that the percentage is usually based on critical acclaim when it comes That's to movies. That's true, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So there are people from like Variety and Hollywood Reporter and all that that are rating it. Well, and to the same to the same point, sometimes you have to decide whether or not you're going to appreciate something for what it is. Right. Like, is Jerry Maguire as important a movie as Lincoln? Maybe not historically as right. important, but for a romantic comedy... It's one of the fucking best movies ever. Right. And right? watchability. Could I watch Lincoln? No. 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 <laughs> Was it an important movie? Maybe. Yeah. But I mean like. That's just what came to my head. Yeah. Uh, but Jerry Maguire is a great movie. I'd watch it a million times uh, over. Right. Respective to the genre of romantic comedy. Yes. It's a phenomenal movie. Totally. Well, even even outside. No, definitely. I think it, it makes a bunch of lists regardless of what genre it's The, it's the performances on. in that movie are spectacular. And, yeah. and it, it also, anytime I watch Jerry Maguire, which is, you know, a bunch of times, I always think, gee, I wish Tom Cruise played more regular dudes. Because, right. like, I love Tom Cruise. And even when he went nuts, like, I still appreciate a great Tom Cruise action movie. But he never just plays, like, someone's dad. You know, he's always got to be yeah. superhuman. You're right. And... And that there's, that's fine to an extent, but like if he was just like, 
if he played a lawyer again or something like that, I mean, Jerry Maguire is his most empathetic character. Right. Yeah, if you had to ask Tom Cruise what his like character flaw was in any of these movies, he'd be like, well, my bottom teeth are kind of crooked. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, it's probably an ego thing. Like, I need to prove that I can do this stunt. I can hang off the side of a plane. Yeah. You think I'm taller than Tom Cruise? Uh, we can find out. Where's my I'm phone? I'm five, seven and a half. Are you? Mm-hmm. He is okay. I said I was five seven and a, seven and a half, which I think I'm like probably closer to like five seven and three quarters. Okay. And Tom Cruise is five seven and three quarters. Wow. So we're about the same height. So you're about the same, but you've never scaled a plane while it was driving. Not to your knowledge. No, not to my knowledge. Maybe uh, that's why you were late today for the podcast. <laughs> I was climbing planes <laughs> while it was flying. So yeah, I'm really excited about what's going to happen in the next couple seasons and the possibility of them turning into double agents or being taken hostage by, you know, counterintelligence and, you know, Beeman finding out and what's going to happen there. To the point that you're at in the series, do the kids know anything yet? No. That's pretty cool. Uh, One weird thing, and this is a bit of a spoiler. It's not even really that much of a spoiler. Don't worry about it. But at the end of the first season, the daughter start page starts becoming really suspicious about where her mom is because her dad's out one night and she goes into her room because she has a bad dream and there's no one there like the bed's made oh and then they she goes downstairs and her mom's coming up from the basement because that's kind of their like spy lair Mm -hmm. and she's like what were you doing down there and the mom's like laundry she's like well where's the laundry she's like i was just folding it it's downstairs yeah and i'm like Okay, maybe not be that suspicious because your mom wasn't in her bed, right? And she's just coming upstairs from and and the, like the episode ends with like the daughter peering around the laundry room, <laughs> like lifting towels and stuff. Like, right. Well, and if if you're gonna be this suspicious of a kid, how come you weren't suspicious before? Right. All through growing up, and, I mean, and, parents can probably get away with telling their kids some pretty ridiculous lies because you're just inclined to believe that your parents are telling you the truth. Right. And that's that's the way that I I just think they might have pulled the trigger on it a little too early. Mm. Like I expected it to happen eventually, but then they kind of lay back on it. But also, kids are are nosy. Like kids go through sock drawers and stuff. Like how could they not have ever found something? Yeah. Considering they are like pretty open about their like their conversations and stuff. Like, yeah, they're just they have in them the next in the room over, they just shut the door. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is kind of a kind of a weird thing. And the fact that they're gone like at night for hours at a time. Yeah. Like where, do you just always get a babysitter? The intensity of their secrecy it was really interesting to me to learn that they didn't even know each other's real Russian names. Yeah. Like they're married and they don't like she's like, Oh, my real name was Natasha or whatever. Right. Yeah. Because they say that, you know, the center told them not to talk about anything. So yeah. One other fun fact that I have on here, Oliver North, who's a former Reagan staffer, and you'll come to realize if you keep watching the show, it centers a lot around like the Reagan era in general. Sure. Kind of like family ties. Okay. (laughs) It's sort of like family ties in that way. That's no, that's I, I, I'm very interested in the show, even though it's not even really my color. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm excited to watch the next one, and there's like a lot of it to watch, but it's not an insurmountable amount of television. It's, it's a great drama. It's a full-on drama that's like completely my pace. So this was my big question when I watched the first episode. How would you feel to discover in your quarter life mm-hmm. that your parents were 
secret agents. Well, that's what I was trying. I was trying to put myself in like Paige and Henry's shoes, the kids. And I was just like, there's absolutely no chance. If you believe there's no chance, maybe they're just that that's, fucking good. That's exactly what spy parents would want you to think. That's right. Oh, man. And like my parents, like you definitely wouldn't think it about them. But well, like, I don't know. I think I kind of would. About my parents? Yeah. <laughs> they're just both like kind of like a a good looking like fit couple. Sure. Yeah. So I could see them, you know, just having a couple pistols and they're. <laughs> in their back pocket at all plus time. like my my dad is like really sweet especially and like yeah. it would just like for him to have that other side would be it's got to be hidden somewhere kind of heartbreaking if you found out he was just capping people in the head every it would night. definitely change my view of my dad <laughs> to know he was capping people yeah i think it would for any <laughs> child <laughs> that would definitely change thanksgiving dinner a it little be, bit it would be hard for the dynamic to stay exactly <laughs> the same oh my god well, you're still my dad and i love you Regardless of how many people you've looked in the eyes of that as they've died. What do the, the kids in this show know about the background of their parents? Like, do they have grandparents? No, they're kind of just in a situation where like, hey, both are, you know, we have a small family. Both of our parents died. And there was one episode where, uh, why can't I think of her name? Carrie Hill, Carrie, Carrie, Hilson, Carrie Russell, Carrie Elizabeth. Russell's character. Elizabeth has to go away for a few weeks and she says that she's with her like aunt upstate because her aunt's really not doing well. Okay. And then her aunt makes a turn for the better and she has to, so so she comes home and then the daughter, this is around the period that the daughter's kind of suspicious. Yeah, I would be, I would be more suspicious about the, the sick aunt you've never met than the right. laundry. So she goes to visit the aunt without telling anyone in the family. The kid does. Yeah. Ooh. She gets like an address, like she... It's, it's like an actual person listed and everything. And she gets an address and she goes there. And the lady ends up, <laughs> she has pictures of Elizabeth on the wall. Okay. And then she calls back, but she, she pretends she has like Alzheimer's or dementia. And then she calls once the daughter is on the bus back home. To let them know she was working like as an informant or a spy the whole yeah, time. Yeah, she's not actually related. Yeah, it that's. Was, but it was just so deep. But that's how much of a web they have to install. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Exactly, just in case. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really cool. You know what it reminded me of? Spy Kids. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna make a Spy Kids joke earlier, but I didn't. Uh, why did it remind you of Spy Kids? I've never seen Spy Kids. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, I when Spy Kids first came out, I really loved Spy Kids. I mean, okay, you it's were the, it's you the were same, a kid. Yeah, it's the same premise. It's I, I don't think that they were spies for like some other country, right? But like the kids discover. Who was it? Antonio Banderas and Catherine Zeta Jones? No, um, uh, Carla. So uh, this is the idea: is the kids just slowly come to discover that their parents had this other life right. as secret agents, where they 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 got to know each other through the business, right. and now they have quiet lives sure. in in like California or whatever. But the the parents get kidnapped, so the kids have to to kind of break the parents free and thus become spies in their own right. Gotcha. I'd watch. Would you recommend Carla Gugino? I don't recognize that name actually, but you <laughs> recognize her face. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It was good, and then they made too many of them. Right. But, uh, but it was like a kid's version of a similar premise. Cool. Yeah. I should watch it. You remember Mr. and Mrs. Smith? We, uh, yes. Yeah, it was kind of, again, like the, they have this secret life as secret agents, but they were married, and they didn't know that the other was a secret agent, much right. less that but they were each they other's were enemy. both the secret agents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a ridiculous but hilarious plot. Yeah, with uh, Vince Vaughn. With Vince Vaughn. Yeah, not a great movie. 
Speaking of ridiculous and hilarious plots, mm-hmm. yes, the other show that uh, that we discussed Good this segue. week for our spy episode of the show show, uh, a little program from 1965 called Get Smart. 65. Yeah. yeah, really surprised me that it was in black and white because, like, I when, think only like the first episode is. Well, maybe it was just the first episode. Yeah, I wonder if was it was it jarring in that age where color TV was beginning to make the conversion, like. That half the stuff was in black and white, and the other, like you know how, or were people like, uh, "I'm only gonna watch it if it's in black and white. I don't like this color stuff." Probably the same way we are about HD now, right? Well, but I, I think people would be saying, "I'm only gonna watch it in HD, not I'm not so gonna watch." Do you it think in HD. inversely, purists didn't want to see color? No, on the TV? I'm just wondering if people said that. <laughs> I, I think I think obviously everyone was like, "Color, this is amazing." Probably, yeah, but like I mean. Color had been around for a little while. Like, I mean, when did The Wizard of Oz come out? Like 1938 right. or something? Yeah. And that was in theaters. But for television, it was pretty exciting. The pilot was in black and white. It was 1965. So right. anything before then was in black and white. Yeah. I remember there being a brief period when we had like a huge cable package when I was growing up where we had TV land and I, I got to watch like the Brady Bunch and Happy Days and, oh, okay. and Get Smart. And I know that it was in color for, for the most of its run. Right. Okay, cool. So, so you'd seen Get Smart before? I had seen it before. Oh, okay. But not in, in more than 10 years or something. Right. And it was really funny. It was pretty funny. Like, I, I sat there really enjoying it. My girlfriend gave me a huge uh, kind of downer because she was like, oh, my parents watch it all the time. They think it's hilarious, but it's so stupid. Like, it's not fun. But it's just like a silly comedy. Apparently, Mel Brooks said he wanted it to be a combination of the Pink Panther and James, James Bond. Bond. And yeah, and kind of mission accomplished. Yeah, they kind of nailed it. Yeah, no, definitely. And there's also a uh, a man from Uncle connection there too. Yeah, is the is the man from Uncle? Is that like a movie from the sixties? I think it was a. I think it was maybe a movie or a TV show. I know it was a series of books. Right. Well, it was right around when like the idea of the suave secret agent was kind of exciting, and right. and the man from Uncle was created as kind of an American response to the British James Bond. Okay. Because James Bond was really taking off with Sean Connery and the Americans were like, well, we need our own right. secret agent who will be even bigger than James Bond. Yeah. Naturally, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I mean, I can kind of see that. Like the gadgets, like the, the phone uh, in his shoe. Yes. That was that was clearly a, a satirization of, uh, of James Bond gadgets being, yeah. being so ridiculous. <laughs> that was... And there were parts that I was laughing at that I I don't know if they were supposed to be as funny as they were. Like when he gets locked <laughs> in the closet, yeah, and then he just shoots the doorknob. <laughs> I was like, I, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, well, and like there's just there was a lot of funny physical comedy in it. Yeah, funny physical comedy, and there was funny. There was stuff that I think flew better then than it does now, and stuff that I think could be changed. Like when he's talking to the. Uh, to the villain, Mr. Big. Yeah. Who, and, and that whole scene, that would never happen today, I think. Because no. it was kind of just like making fun of little people. Although you could see it happening in like Austin Powers. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. The cigarettes are all like little, like everything's <laughs> very little. When he says, you'll be surprised to know, or you may find it hard to believe, but I've got seven men in boats from the Coast Guard on their way. And he, he says, Mr. I don't Big believe goes, that. I find that very hard to believe. He goes... <laughs> Would you believe six? Yeah, I thought yeah. that was brilliant that, comedy. That was great. Yeah. But then I found he kind of ruined the line because he was like, two men in a canoe? Yeah. And I'm like, ah, see, like, should have left, left out that first joke. Mel You're Brooks. right. They, they went too far with it. Yeah. That's probably true. I really laughed when like halfway through the episode or more, he turns to 99 and says, 
you're a girl. <laughs> oh yeah, she takes she <laughs> takes her her hat off and he says, "You're a girl." And they almost kiss immediately. Yes, it yeah. happens so quickly. She's yeah. just like staring into his eyes. So later on in the series, they get married. Yes, I saw that. And they, and have, they have two twins. They have two kids. Mm-hmm. Her name is never revealed in the series. No way. She's only ever referred to as ninety nine, or occasionally Mrs. Smart after they get married. Right, but. There's this rumor, there's this like urban myth that when the show was originally written, they wanted her character to be named 69 because it would be sexy. <laughs> but that NBA, or NBC said, no, we're not doing that. Too much. As it turns out, that's not true. No. Initially, she was written with the number 100 as her name because she was 100%. Right. But uh, Mel Brooks changed it because he thought the number 99 was more feminine. that's hilarious it is hilarious and that's the true story oh there was another really funny part with her that i'm forgetting oh no uh actually just more of a another fun fun fact that i learned on the internets uh she was the first person in cable history to have kids and then go back to work wow yeah like have kids in real life no on the show Okay. So when when she had her twins on the show, she went back and continued working. Oh wow! Right. That well, was it was like... it was early, so there were a lot of trails to be blazed. Yeah, yeah. Like I I watched. Um, I, I mentioned to you I've been watching this Chelsea Netflix show. Yeah. She had Florence Henderson on today. That, that was right. her, that was her guest. So Carol Brady. Yeah. And I've often thought about about Carol Brady and how ridiculous that character was. Like she was she was the mother of six kids or three, and then adopted the other three. And she didn't have a job, right. like like she was a stay at home mom. But they had a housekeeper who would like do the chores, the cooking, right, and like essentially babysat the kids. Yeah. But there was like all of this talk on the show about how, what a great mom she was and like how strong and hardworking yeah. she was. Like, I think she's an undercover alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she could pull a little bit more of your weight yeah. around here, Carol Brady. Yeah, absolutely. And and apparently in the Brady Bunch, they wanted to make them uh, both divorced. But instead, they never revealed that. So you always just wonder what happened there. I think it was supposed to be like both the moms or dads on the other side died. I think they. I think they were closer to alluding to that they were both widowed. Right. And yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think. It's certainly, I think that's the way they went. Well, because it's more sympathetic, and yeah. we don't want to promote divorce. Right. You know, and I think it was like 1968 or 69 when that show came out. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff that like that was really of major concern to censors back in those days I that know. that seems so ridiculous now. Yep. And then on the other side of the coin, the pilot episode of a family sitcom called Get Smart has gunfire in it. Oh, yeah. I was like, and like, meanwhile, like in the first few episodes of Happy Days, did you know that Fonzie doesn't wear a leather jacket because that was too edgy for primetime? Oh, really? He wears a windbreaker. And nice. like, like five or six episodes in, they're like, okay, fine, give him a leather jacket. Right. And the character was born. But like, uh. like that's... They they thought a leather jacket was too edgy for primetime TV, but gunfire was that, fine. That was until he jumped the shark. <laughs> that's well. That was much. That was a decade later. Yeah, when he literally jumped the shark. Yeah. I think that's the best TV phrasing ever. It's a really good one. It's a phrase that's caught on. Because... Do you know the phrase "nuke the fridge"? Uh, no. It sounds awesome though. It, it's the same. It means the same thing. It, right. It's but it refers to instead of a TV series, it refers to when a movie series should stop making movies. Uh, okay. In reference to Indiana Jones: Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, when, <laughs> when he hid from a nuclear explosion inside of a refrigerator. Oh yes. And survived. That's amazing. Nuke the fridge. 
the crystal skull i saw that in theaters and i was kind of like oh 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 all right i read this week that shrek is about to nuke the fridge because oh. DreamWorks was purchased by Universal and they want to resurrect the series. Oh, God. Are they going to be able to get everyone on board for it? Well, when they see their paychecks, it probably won't be that hard. Sure. I yeah. mean, also, none of them are doing anything. Yeah. And it, people will go to the, the movie. I mean, like, people went to Minions and they're the same people that made Minions. They obviously have no shame. Right. But, I mean, the first Trek was, I think, 15 years ago. It was a long time ago now. It's yeah. Revolutionary. Yep. It was such a special film. And mm. the second one wasn't bad either. Yep. But... Everyone after that got worse. And right. they made like But then they made like Puss in Boots and that was good, wasn't it? I, I didn't, didn't see I, it. I didn't see it. But I heard it was funny. I heard it was better than than Shrek's three and four, yeah. yeah. And Shrek the Halls. <laughs> Shrek the Halls. <laughs> so the two different leagues, the good guys and the bad guys, are called Control and Chaos. chaos. Yeah. And they're all capital letters. And the idea is that both of them are acronyms for something more complicated, but apparently never in the series are they explained. They're no and they're actually not acronyms. Oh really? Yeah, it's not even uh it's not I I read online today that it, they made them seem like acronyms, but they're well. They that's what I mean. That nobody ever identified right. what the letters stood and, for. And I read somewhere on like the Wikipedia page that apparently chaos was actually based in Delaware for tax purposes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just funny stuff. Throughout the show, Leonard Nimoy, Bob Hope, and Johnny Carson guest starred on it. I heard about Johnny Carson. He did a couple of different guest stars. That would have been pretty cool. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, Johnny Carson isn't, he doesn't look too different from Don Adams. They both have like That's a, true. They kind of have similar looks, especially yeah. like 60s Johnny, who has yeah. jet black hair. Yeah. Did you uh, know about the 1995 spinoff? Yeah. So I was going to get to that. Yeah. <laughs> Featuring Zach Smart. Yes. Played by Andy, Andy Dick. Dick. Yeah. It aired seven episodes and then it was canceled. I know. Well, he'd already moved over to... to uh, News radio. News radio. Yeah. By the time that that was one of one of Andy Dick's few good decisions. Yeah, yeah. I know. I love news radio. It's a good one. Did you watch a bunch of news radio? I, I've I've seen it a bunch of times. I've never like watched it through. Yeah, as someone that works in radio, I should. I'm sure I would enjoy it more if I watched more of it. And I love everyone that was on it. Or you'd roll your eyes a lot. Like I mean, yeah. I, one Christmas, my parents got me the DVD box set of WKRP in Cincinnati. Right. And like to a certain degree, you kind of understand the lingo a little bit right. better than they maybe think you would that doesn't matter because the show is for everybody but it's also so stupid i mean especially compared to what radio is today i mean right. like a guy named venus flytrap having a, a radio show oh, okay like, I yeah mean, like, See, i don't know all the intricacies of it i know like the the turkey drop because everyone over the age of 40 mentions it constantly right right like it's classic fall yeah um but also in the americans they actually show a clip uh where someone uh some salesperson is talking to the talking to the on-air person and saying like come on i really need you to read these 60 second spots yeah and i'm like yeah that would actually happen well that's a real that's a real thing like i said the lingo makes sense right but i mean and maybe it was like pretty accurate in terms of like universe in terms of what the the atmosphere looked like in a 70s radio station i don't know i've never been in a 70s radio station right but apparently they they played the actual music and stuff too on the show that's cool yeah, like so they'd be like, "Here's the next one from Led Zeppelin," and you'd hear like the start of a Led Zeppelin song. Maybe that's that's really cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. I can't vouch for that because I've never seen it. But right. if they played current music, that was one of my biggest beefs with the rest of the Americans is that they don't use a whole lot of regular songs. Only like during very crucial moments in the show do they play like a song from the '80s. Like they play, uh, they do play some Genesis, and they yeah. do play. 
Well, those songs the are expensive and stuff for those for yeah. those cable shows that like they have a, they have a fixed budget and they want to spend it on the right stuff because mm-hmm. I mean they've got this elaborate scheme for how they're going to fo- unfold this show and it's not Game of Thrones ratings wise right. like I think it does okay but it's I, I mean very few things are Walking Dead or Game of Thrones ratings. It's always ratings on wise. the top ten lists and stuff, which is for uh, quality. I mean. Yeah, like it's yeah. always watch this show but i find it funny and and my girlfriend said the same thing i think the only place that they're advertising fx shows are on fx yeah probably so you need to have fx to know that it's good that's true it's not really one that's in the lexicon the americans people don't go around saying man did you see the the americans last night although like at work there's at least one person i was talking to ann about it and she's like oh my god matt it it's such good television like Mm. I'm like, I can't wait till you catch up because it's that good. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Where are they in the, in the calendar? Like, are they airing new episodes now? I don't know if they're, I know they're either just finished the fourth season or they're into the fourth season. Like it's just ending. Yeah. It's exciting for me. Sorry. We kind of went back from Get Smart to the Americans. That's okay. That's ideal. I mean, there's less to say about Get Smart. I mean, I know. Oh, well we could talk about the, uh, the movie that they made with Steve Carell and Anne Hathaway. I never saw it. Yeah, it was it was fine. Yeah, I think I I forget exactly what his comments were, but but Carell was on Stern a, quite a while back. It might have been back at like in the what was that movie he made where he was the wrestling coach? Oh, Foxcatcher, Fox something. Yeah, yeah, Foxcatcher. He he Howard asked him about Get Smart and would he ever do another one, and he said, I, I, "Yeah, a script was written and it wasn't the right script, so it just never really happened." But then in, in looking it up, I saw that there is another one in production. Oh, okay. A Get Smart two, like, and 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 Buck Henry and Mel Brooks are attached to it, but there's no cast attached to it. Oh. So I don't know if this is just the script that was written and Steve Carell rejected. Right? Did they write the first one? Yeah, they were attached to the... This is the thing. Buck Henry has only ever done Get Smart Stuff and The Graduate. Really? <laughs> yeah. He did The Graduate, too. Yeah, he wrote The Graduate. Wow. Yeah. I've never seen The Graduate yet. It's it's good. It's really weird. Yeah? Yeah. Is it worth a watch? I mean, because it's... Because like, it's a, a it's culturally... An, it's an American essential. Thing. Yeah. and it, But it's... I, I don't know if it holds up as well as some classics. Yeah. It's, sure. It's, it's not like odd. The Godfather Part Two. It's... Right. It's the graduate. It's the, it's it's. I don't know if it's graduated culturally. Gotcha. Um, uh, so it, I don't know if it's the same thing that Steve Carell said. No, we're not going to do, and it's just kind of sitting there in purgatory, mm-hmm. in cinematic purgatory. But maybe it'll happen again. I mean, we live in a world where everything gets resurrected eventually. Everything nukes the fridge eventually. I found <laughs> it interesting that uh, that apparently Will Ferrell was originally cast to play Maxwell Smart. Okay. Before. He dropped out. He said, no, nah, I'm not going to do this. And then they cast Steve Carell. It's funny because Steve Carell seems like the obvious current Fits way pick. better, I think. Yeah. Like, looks and feels, I think, a little bit more. And he does more kind of slapstick stuff. And he put on the voice and he could do the voice well enough. Right. And Anne Hathaway was good casting as well. Yeah, probably. I haven't seen it again. It but... also had The Rock and um, <laughs> Alan, Alan Arkin. Oh, nice. Yeah. He played the chief. Nice. Yeah. Did anyone play 44 in it? Who was 44? That guy who was in the locker? No, I don't think so. In the first one? (laughs) I thought he was the funniest part. Gotta say, a lot of love for Mel Brooks for me. Yeah. What is your your go-to Mel Brooks thing? I don't even know that I associate it as much. I love The Little Rascals. The Little Rascals movie that was released in like 94. Yeah, that was a classic for our generation. That is like one of the fun... And Spaceballs? Yeah. Spaceballs is like one of the funniest like parody slapstick comedies. I'm a little surprised they haven't tried to do another Spaceballs. Yeah, I know. I just hope they... I kind of hope they don't. Well, they, I, I never used to be the person that hoped that they didn't remake stuff. Yeah. 
And I've seen the remakes to make me say no. I don't well, I mean, it's like we talked about recently about Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters like, you, you, you can do stuff. St- certain stuff is sacred, but to the same point, adding adding sequels to the universe of a movie you love doesn't ruin the movie you love. No. Well, they did That's do true. they did do a sequel to Spaceballs, didn't they? That was like Spaceballs Part Three: The Search for Spaceballs Part Two. That <laughs> no, did they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I that have no rings, idea. Rings a bell. It either was made or it was supposed to be made. Oh no, I can't. I kind of want to watch that though. Yeah, but I it was should, like if it was made, it. it was made way back when. Right. But then John Candy died or something. Right. Oh yeah, I think they planned on making it but didn't. Right. Yeah, I love Spaceballs. I'm sure there's like a big list of uh, well, Blazing Saddles is really sure. funny. Sure. I've never finished Doctor Strangelove. No, me neither. But I kind of want to watch it because everyone says how funny slash important it is. Oh, Young Frankenstein. Have you ever seen that? I have seen that, yeah. Young Frankenstein's What is the funny. connection to moments. Dr. Strangelove and James Bond? Is that is that a connected thing? Is that a parody? I think some of the villains in Dr. Strangelove would resemble some of the villains in, in James Bond. Not unlike Austin Powers then. Exactly. I don't know. Like I, I can't even really answer it because okay. I haven't seen enough of it. I think I tried I think I started it one time and then I had to run out and I just didn't catch my attention enough to keep going. But people say it's amazing, so I really want to watch it. It's so funny that we had a, a recent conversation about James Bond and what's going on in that world right now on a recent episode of this show. Yeah. Whereas like this was probably the appropriate time to talk about James Bond yeah. in our spy themed show show. Yes, that's true. They we still didn't hear any- anything more about new bond did we just that tom hiddleston is likely not to not to play james bond he's pretty much come out and said that's not likely gonna happen i'm too busy dating taylor swift right which one's tom hiddleston again he was loki oh yeah oh he would actually be really good and he's dating taylor swift now yeah oh so we talked about that in the last episode and we did not know at the time that tom hiddleston was dating her no i know it's 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 all happened very fast oh my guess was michael b jordan or jay baruchel (laughs) damn tom hiddleston missed it by that much yeah yeah (laughs) good point tom hiddleston would have been a great guess If, if you would have said it i would have thought absolutely she seems to like guys who are in their 30s lately yeah but he's not like he's not like a a big broad adonis like calvin harris is though like he doesn't look like no he's just more of like a but he's very charming yeah and this is one of the reasons why he would have made a good james bond is because james bond is not supposed to be quite like classically handsome like he's supposed to be a little off classically handsome right not unlike sean connery or or daniel craig sure and and that's tom hiddleston too but very charming yeah and british and suave and i wouldn't want to follow up daniel craig i don't think i think pierce brosnan although a lot of people liked him toward the end the movies were starting to get so garbage but also the last daniel craig one was not worth i mean it was not as good as Skyfall and well, here's the Casino thing. Royale. I mean, and even Quantum of Solace. Quantum of Solace was great. Quantum of Solace was better than a lot of people give it credit for. Yeah. A lot of people say that's easily the worst Daniel Craig movie. It's yeah, it's it's better than Spectre. He's just a vengeful. The thing about Quantum of Solace is you have to watch it right after Casino Royale. Right. If you watch Casino Royale on a Saturday and then you watch Quantum of Solace on a Sunday, yeah. you'll get everything, and yeah. it's great. Yeah. But it, it needs that other movie. You're right. And you're right. Skyfall is like a top five Bond movie of all time. Oh, yeah. It's so good. It, it would be tough to follow him, except for that he's been such a pill in the press that everyone's <laughs> ready to like their James Bond again. Yeah. Yeah, he could have went out so much more gracefully. I don't know why he bothered. I think he's kind of just like more of a, he prefers to just be an indie actor. Me and my sister are having this conversation. Like he just wants to like act as a job. 
and not have people bug him about it. Yeah. Do you ever see Layer Cake? No. Daniel Craig? No. It's pretty cool. He okay. kind of plays like a drug runner. And The other thing that I think is is necessary for a new James Bond is that he should be a relative unknown. I, like, I mean, Dan- Daniel Craig was around a little bit, but nobody really, he wasn't a household name. Right. And he and did a great job. He, and he, would, he was great. I mean, it's not the only reason he was great, but it's one mm-hmm. of the major criticisms for Pierce Brosnan was that he had been a secret agent on TV in the 80s. Right. Like, it, it was just like... It was too easy. Yeah. And plus he was like, he was classically handsome. Mm-hmm. Okay. So who do you cast as your... It's really player? hard for me to answer that based on what I just said, isn't it? Because right. like... I, I it's Put the, yourself in a box. The same can be said for, for casting young Han Solo. Everyone's like, oh, well, it's got to be Miles Teller. Right. No, just because Miles Teller's the right age. Right. No. And he happens to be the good actor right now. Or Right. I I'm remember, surprised they didn't say Chris Pratt, which would have... Like, they did say that, too. <laughs> they did. It was so ridiculous because Chris he's Pratt... A, is, he's in Indiana Jones and Guardians of the Galaxy. And Jurassic Park. And Jurassic Park, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like... He's okay. not in Indiana Jones. He's not. He okay. was going to... That, that was a rumor, but right. I don't think it was ever confirmed, and now okay. it doesn't look like he's going to be. It kind of makes sense at this point. Well, plus, Chris Pratt is older than Harrison Ford was when he first played Han Solo. So he can't play young Han Solo right. in the movie. That would be oh, so dumb. Yeah. I just, yeah. I remember when they announced that they were going to do a 50 shades of gray movie. This was like in the height of the popularity of those books. And everyone was like, Oh, well it's, it's gotta be Ryan Gosling and Emma Watson. Right. And I was like, no, you're just, you just want to masturbate to those people. Right. Like it's not going to, why on earth yeah. would either of them do this B movie? Right. Is Charlie Hunnam British or Australian? He is one of the two, but it doesn't matter because he didn't play Christian Grey. No, I know, but maybe he could play James Bond. Yeah, that'd be interesting. You know, it wouldn't be terrible. Yeah. I, well, or maybe it would be. I'm not sure. That's that's an idea. I mean, <laughs> I'm really going out on a limb there. He he's probably getting up there in age is the other thing. Yeah. Like, um, Damian Lewis was talked about for a while, but he's too he's old. Way too old. And way who, too old. What other young, promising British actors are there? See, this is the other thing is some people are like, well, maybe we should try and do like a really youthful Bond. Maybe we should cast like a 23-year-old to play Bond and see what that's like. But, I mean, we have Kingsman for that now. Did you see Kingsman? Is that is that worth the watch? Kingsman like, is fucking great. People talk about, I hear it on podcasts all the time about people talking about Kingsman, but I've never seen it. And I think it's still on Netflix. I definitely it watched it on Netflix. Dude, watch Kingsman. Yeah? It is fucking good. Cool. Yeah. I'm definitely going to watch it. It's really good. And like it, it kind of satisfies the urge for like what would a, uh, a, like a renegade a youthful James Bond be like? I mean, it, prior to his allegiance to the queen. Right. Um, but also like Casino Royale was a bit of an origin story. So I don't know that we need him to be much younger than that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Wasn't he kind of old for when he got it? Daniel he Craig? wasn't old for when he got it. He's just old to do it much longer. Right. Because back in the day, they used to put it a James Bond movie every 18 months, and now it's every right. three years. Yeah. Right? So he got old pretty fast. And in fact, they've kind of covered the whole lifespan of James Bond with Daniel Craig in that in the beginning, he was starting out, and it was kind of an origin story. And then even in Skyfall, so not even his most recent one, he was already like, you know, James, you're getting kind of old. Right. You yeah. know? Uh, what if they just announced tomorrow that Christian Bale was going to play him? Fun fact, Christian Bale was offered the role of James Bond before, before they gave it to, to Daniel Craig. Really? He was known because of American Psycho. Right. They were they offered it to him. He must have had Batman Begins. It at was that point. in the deal. They said you could either you can either play Batman oh. or you can play James Bond. You cannot play both. 
Wow. And so, and you I, know, and you want to know one of the major reasons is because they had a they had a crucial scene where Bruce Wayne wears a tuxedo. Yeah. And it is part of the deal when you sign on to be James Bond that you're not allowed to wear a tuxedo in any other movie. Whoa. Yeah. That is crazy. It's kind of a hilarious and awesome badass rule, actually. Yeah. That's awesome. And I, you know what I say? I think he made the right choice, but I can't say that knowing that. There could have been, like, if he would have been replaced Daniel Craig, he could have done just as good a job. If the scripts were the same, he would have been great. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. But not doing both. I wouldn't have wanted to see him in both. No, that would have been ridiculous. And arguably... Two franchises at the same time. Just... Arguably, he's not a very good Bruce Wayne. I mean, like, those movies were fucking sick, but, like... Right. But he's not really quite right for Bruce Wayne. Mm. Yeah. He didn't make the wrong choice, though, no. for his career. No, I don't think so. Did you see The Fighter? Yeah. That was the one he won for. Yeah, which I don't think he necessarily needed. Well, he was, he was good in it. I don't know what he was up against that that year. Yeah. He, he just did the thing where he changes his entire body and like, he'll you know. like, okay, now I'm like super thin again and I'm changing my accent. There are a couple but of he, people like know, that. He's a killer actor. A couple, yeah, definitely. A couple of people like that. And as of this year, you know, the examples I can give are all Oscar winners because the other one is Leo. Mm-hmm. And then of course, Daniel Day-Lewis. A couple of guys who seem to like want to make it known how far they're willing to go for the role yeah. so that everybody starts going, did you see how far he went for the role? Right. And then it's almost like you're you're indoctrinated with the idea that they're good. Like, I am not saying that Daniel Day-Lewis or Christian Bale or Leo DiCaprio are not good in anything specific. Right. They're usually pretty excellent, but you're almost predisposed to thinking they're good. But the difference between Leo DiCaprio and... Daniel Day-Lewis is I think Daniel Day-Lewis like when he started acting like in my left foot he like broke three ribs or something like haunching over in a wheelchair yeah, full time I'm like, the first to say that's fucking dumb yeah you're crazy man that's that's stupid yeah because what, like you, what you do is not important <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, it's cool and I'm it's I'm, cool and we love watching it yes but you're not like you don't it's not worth it to do that or right. like when he did last of the Mohicans he went like lived in the woods yes. for a year or something <laughs> ridiculous yeah yeah he's the most method what did he do for Lincoln he invented the method, and that's, I mean, he didn't invent the method, but, like, he's the guy who, like, sticks to it. Right. Who invented the method? I don't know. Uh, you'd know it if you heard it. Strasberg. Lee Strasberg. Right. Um, who is it, but is he actually an actor? Or? Yeah, he was, like, a, a theater guru. Right. So, I hope I'm right about that. So he doesn't tweet me. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty whatever. sure I'm right about that. Twitter's gonna blow up if you're not. <laughs> you fucking dummy. <laughs> no, uh, Howard Stern likes to talk a lot about when, whenever he has a good actor on the show, like Bradley Cooper or something, he always wants to see like how method they are. Right. Because he's fascinated by sure, Daniel Day-Lewis. And so he had Sally Field on recently. Yep. And so he could directly ask, what was Daniel Day-Lewis like making Lincoln? Because like, I heard that you had to call him Mr. Lincoln on the set and everything and right. Mr. President. She's like, oh Yeah. She says, absolutely. And like Howard always takes it to, so does he ride the subway in his Lincoln garb? And like, she's like, no, he's not a lunatic. <laughs> but, but he is. But he is kind of a lunatic. But what she said to defend it was, I'm the same. Like you were to call me Mrs. Lincoln on set too. Really? So that was kind of interesting. He found that very fascinating. Yeah. It's, so he must not, have delved into that quite a bit. It's not that uncommon. These people, they, they want to kind of get inside that... Uh, that head, I yeah. guess. I think probably Johnny Depp, to a certain degree, like really, really becomes a character on set. Yeah. What do you think about Johnny Depp right now? Uh, it's. I mean, it's. He's in like a weird uh, tabloid place right now, where yeah. he's like being accused of being abusive, and yep. and also um, 
the whole dog thing in Australia. Right. Well, it, that thing, that was kind of like a cool story, wasn't it? Because he ended up just like kind of pleading for his like dog he, safety. He because... kind of came out looking like the good guy in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then they made that video apologizing. It was really weird. Did you see the video? Well, they, I think they had to make the video they apologizing. They did. Didn't they? Yeah. I didn't see the video. It was really weird. Yeah. I still really like and respect Johnny Depp. And I think, I think the cool thing about Johnny Depp is that he does what he wants. Like he doesn't care that you didn't like... Uh, Mordecai or whatever. Sure. But it is a shame that he hasn't made a good movie in going on a decade. I yeah. can't think of any exceptions. Pirates was like his big comeback. Yeah. And he's making another Pirates where it's made and it's going to uh, come out. And Pirates he did, five. and he did uh, the rum diary. I think that was kind of like a little bit of a, it wasn't, it wasn't as good as fear and loathing. No, no. no. And uh, I mean, it was, it was well over a decade now, but um, uh, finding Neverland, he was really good in that. Yeah. And like, that was a good example of a, a, a movie. He could play like, a weirdo, but a weirdo who was still a human yeah. and had like flesh-toned flesh. Yeah. My parents saw that Broadway play when wow. they were in uh, New York and they said it was incredible. Speaking of Broadway plays, since we last talked about Hamilton on the podcast, yeah. I've become a fanatic about Hamilton. Did, oh, you listened to the, did you listen to the soundtrack? I have not I listened to anything in my car <laughs> other than the Hamilton soundtrack. <laughs> so you heard the A-L-E-X-A-N-D. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. sometimes like, I, listen I am to that. not giving away my shot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I sometimes listen to that like at the gym. It's a good pump up. That song. soundtrack is that opening number is a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. It is incredible. Yeah. He's and I was just watching him give the address at, at uh, U of Penn and he's like in an interesting place right now. I texted Becky today and I was like, oh, Lin Manuel just announced that his last show uh, as Hamilton is going to be July 11th and then his understudy is going to take over. Right. It says in Rolling Stone that Hamilton's going to be on constantly for the next 10 years. Really? Yeah. It, it's already, it already shows the projections of the ability to last on Broadway for that 10 is, years. And that so, is so crazy. My the, sister, I think, is seeing it like November, so that sucks. Yeah, she's I wonder gonna, who his understudy is, though. Maybe it's someone like Famous. No, it's not. Oh, he's, okay. he's the guy who's been understudying him, and, and he kind of like looks like him, but I'm, I bet he's good. Oh, sure. But part of the, the spectacle right now is seeing the genius who created right. this doing the whole thing yeah yeah that would be awesome you yeah, he seems like a cool guy too he's, like he's been oh. on episodes of like comedy bang bang and yep. stuff just like calling in like he, he did carpool karaoke with james corden there a couple of weeks yeah, ago and he sure. was he was really really good in that yeah he seems like a cool guy you had mentioned a couple of weeks ago that his inception of the project was a mixtape of the founding fathers rapping yeah that is that is true and i found a youtube video of him performing that opening number uh, at the White House for Barack and Michelle yeah. in 2009. Yeah. And he, he opens it up just by saying, like, so I've, I've been working on an album all about the Treasury Secretary or whatever, Alexander yeah. Hamilton, and everyone laughs. Yeah. And they laugh a couple of times throughout the song, too, but, like, he's passionate about it. And it was yeah. well before he had long hair or had this, had this esteem as such a creative genius. So how did he get the white house gig because he he wrote in the heights when he was 20 and it was oh, a one-act right. musical that started off broadway and moved to broadway very quickly and it was also rooted in in hip-hop and latin music but it was set in washington heights which is a neighborhood in new york where right. he grew up yeah so it wasn't such a juxtaposition of sure. 1776 meets hip-hop it was it was more appropriate but it was still beautiful apparently and it just uh was signed for a movie deal a couple of weeks ago for the Heights. For In the Heights, yeah. In the Heights. So I don't know if cool. he's going to be in the movie or if he's just going to produce it. But Man. 
uh, it doesn't hurt that he is so charming right. and has made friends with every celebrity. Well, I love that's the thing that I love about like when people become famous later in life, like John Hamm, mm-hmm. just takes every opportunity and just seems like the nicest guy because he's like, yeah, I know what it's like not working, right. and this is amazing, and Except I get to for hang that out with people. He doesn't know what it's like not working, this Lin Manuel guy, because he put a show on Broadway in his early 20s. Oh, okay. When he was so like 21, he had a show on Broadway. Right. So I guess I guess he's been famous in that circle. In that circle, he's probably seemed a little bit like a god, like right. oh my god, that's Lin. <laughs> okay. He's you kind know? of the child prodigy. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. And as so much. It, it took 15 years for him to achieve A-list celebrity status and right. be buddies with Jimmy Fallon and be He's on his way to being a movie star. Yeah. But that's that's fine. Sure. He's, so he's like 35, 36 36, now. I think, yeah. Man, comes fast. And he did that. He gave... Did you see the sonnet he delivered at the Tonys? I, I didn't see it yet, no. It's pretty passionate. It's yeah. pretty beautiful, yeah. Man, who hosted the Tonys? James Corden. Oh, nice. That's why he did Carpool Karaoke with right. Lin-Manuel. He started, a, he started as a Broadway he, he star. He has a Tony. Didn't he? Yeah. yeah. For... History Boys it's called i don't, oh, okay. I don't know much about it i thought it was oh no it was it was the movie into the woods that he was in yes he played the baker in that right and now ever since then james corden's really he's really blown up i i'm, I'm really liking what he's doing because he's got a sincerity that is kind of absent in, right. in in late night comedy yeah yeah i could see that i and i haven't seen a full show of his i've just seen the carpool karaoke and the stuff he's done with like bieber he does. He takes a a page out of Graham Norton's book, and he brings all the celebrities on at once. Right. And he I, that can go one of two ways. That can be really awkward, or it can really work. Right. And like when you watch Graham Norton do it, you're like, how is he getting these people to be so cool? Yeah. And 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 James Corden's almost that good at it. Right. It works. So is that the is that the, have we said everything we wanted to say about spy shows? Are there I other spy shows that we didn't bring up? Like, it's, it, it, did you know Probably. that Don Adams, who played Maxwell Smart, also played Inspector Gadget in the cartoon? Oh, no. Do you hear that when you can think of their two voices? I don't remember Inspector Gadget at all Oh, anymore. okay. That's great. Who played Inspector Gadget? Oh, Matthew Broderick played <laughs> yeah. it in the movie. Yeah. What a bad movie. Bad movie. I remember watching it and being very upset. But I shouldn't have been. It was, like, just as bad as the cartoon. I feel like it came out at a time when... I wasn't critical enough yet to know that there was such a thing as a bad movie. Right. You know, remember that time where you were just like, sure. everything was a good movie because it was a movie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you weren't jaded yet. Right. Meanwhile, you were kind of like in the golden age of like all Disney movies that were coming out, like The Lion King. And, True. Yeah. Lion King was the first movie I saw in theaters. Right. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. You're a man of a certain age. So, yeah, as are we all, except <laughs> for those of us that are women. <laughs> Our sign-offs include... Never go outside. Never go outside. Never trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith. And um, we had another one last week that I was amused by. Was it bye? <laughs> I, I think that's probably the ultimate sign-off. Right. That really does the job. Um, who are we talking about? Someone is a cat, and cats can open doors. Oh. Uh, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Whoever we're Someone's a cat. <laughs> Someone's cats a cat. Doors. That's what it is now. All right, we good? Yep. All right, bye. See ya.